Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. This morning, let me also welcome you to Faith Christian. Glad we get to spend this time together this weekend. Thanks for making this a part of your day. Thanks for tuning in online. Those of you who are watching at home, we are thrilled we get to share together today. I do want to mention real quick by way of announcement, an event coming up two weeks from today. Um, after our Sunday morning service, we're going to have an, uh, another fundraiser for our middle school and high school students who are on their way to some uh, summer retreats this summer. Just kind of help them uh, take down the cost. These, these trips cost about $400 a piece, and so we want to try to knock down the cost for our families as much as possible. So after church, uh, two weeks from today, on the 19th of March, uh, we're going to have a, a luncheon, uh, which is a fundraiser for them. So plan, um, plan now to stay Stick around and uh, participate in that and help our kids get to the Christ and Youth Conferences this summer. And if you've got a kid in that middle school, high school group that's going, be sure they're here also to help. That's kind of how that works. Uh, so that's coming up two weeks from today on March 19th. And you might go ahead and you start dreading it now. Next week is Time Change Sunday. So it's the worst Sunday of the year. You lose the hour of sleep. But don't worry. We'll still be here. All right? 10 o'clock. Just be daylight time, not uh, not standard time. So uh, we'll, be, we'll be here next week as well. Hope that you will be as well. Um, this, uh, this spring, between now and Easter, we are in a series of sermons that I'm just basically I'm just inviting you to join me on a journey of prayer we're talking about prayer we're looking at some of the prayers of Jesus from the New Testament some of the other prayers in the scripture to help teach us how to pray and we're learning how to pray sometimes let's just be honest when we think about this thing called prayer especially if you're well not even if you're new to the whole church thing for, for those of us who are new uh, maybe you've only been around for a couple weeks you're you got a lot of questions you're exploring you hear somebody talk about prayer and you're like I have no idea what that is I'm glad you're here because we're going to talk about that some of us have been around a long time, and let's just be honest, those who have been church around, uh, around church a long time, sometimes we just make prayer a lot more difficult than it needs to be. We make it more cumbersome. We make it, think, make it like there's some, some mystical, which there, which there is, but some weird thing, you've got to say all the right words, and you've got to you know, hold your foot the right way, and make sure your tongue's in the right side of your mouth, so that you be sure you've got God's attention, and that's not how it works. We make it uh, an, an ought to or a should to instead of a we get to thing, this prayer. We make it a chore or a burden, or a last resort. We'll talk about that a little bit next week. Well, Jesus didn't seem to feel this way about prayer. Jesus understood what a lot of us need to understand, that if we're going to go deeper with God, if we're going to, to, to walk on a deeper path with God in this journey of following Jesus, we've got to pray. And so Jesus understood, and what I began to show you last week, is that prayer is simply, it's just the real you and the real God having a real conversation. The real you and, a real, and the real God having a real conversation. The real you, not some phony you, not some fake you, not the, not the you that you try to put on, you know, to make everybody think that you're good when you're not. Some, not some made-up version of you that just spits out religious words and Christian cliches you heard at church, but the real you, with your real hurts and your real hang-ups and your real, real words, all those things, the real you. And the real God. Not some fake, phony, made-up version of God. Not some little image of God that we try to control and put into a little box. But the real God of Scripture, the God, the high King of Heaven that we sang about a minute ago, the one who made the earth and everything in it and made you, the real God, having a real conversation without all the fancy, churchy words. A real conversation about what's really going on in your life. That's prayer. The real you, the real God, a real conversation. That's prayer. Jesus seemed to have that. He had this ability to connect with God. He was always talking with God. 
when there was a special need, something special going on in his life, he just seemed to break out into conversation with God about it. When he was eating, breaking bread, he'd start talking to the Father. When he was sad, he'd start talking to God. When he was happy, guess who he talked to? When he felt the most alive, he would talk to God. When he was facing temptation, he talked to God. When he was facing death, he cried out to God. All of these times, he's just in this, this unbroken conversation with this real relationship that he seemed to have with the Father. Well, I told, showed you this last week, but one day some of Jesus' friends came to him and said, Jesus, we need you to teach us something. Will you teach us how to pray? How do we do that? And Jesus says, yeah, let me show you how to pray. And that's when Jesus gives us this thing that we call the Lord's Prayer, or the model prayer, sometimes we call it the Our Father and it's the first of the prayers of Jesus that we're looking at in this series. We're going to spend a couple of weeks in it. Jesus kind of gives us this, this example, this template. This, here's a way, he says. Here's a way you can approach God in prayer. Here's how we pray. It's not just a little prayer to say before bedtime, not just a little prayer to memorize. That's an important prayer to memorize. But it's not just a little prayer. And it's not just so you can know a prayer. It's so that you can know the God of the prayer. You can know the person of the prayer that we're praying to. It's not a way just to get, to, to get God to change his, his mind about something we need God to change his mind about. It's a way for God to change us. This prayer is a whole new way of living and thinking about God. So let's come to Jesus with an open, honest heart like the disciples and say, Jesus, will you teach me how to pray? And so let's, we did this last week, but let's, would you read this prayer with me again? This, this is from, um, <clears throat> I, I think I'm, I am Luke this time, Luke 11. This is the, this is the, the, the model prayer. It's a different translation than maybe you're used to. So some of the little words, so be sure you're reading. Some of the little words will be a little, maybe a little different syntax than maybe what you memorized growing up because it's a, just a different translation of scripture. This is from the New Living Translation, my personal favorite. So would you read this out loud with me? Let's, let's pray this prayer together. Let's read this scripture together as we get started talking about this prayer of Jesus today. Let's read this prayer together. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You just prayed. You prayed that prayer. Well, today I want to talk very specifically about the person of prayer. When we pray, who are we praying to? That's a, a great way for us to learn how to pray, to make sure we know who we're talking to, the real God that we're talking to. And I think it's right there in the very first phrase of the model prayer, where Jesus says, teach us how to pray. Jesus says, here's how you pray. We pray, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. So I want to just kind of break down this first phrase, this first verse of the prayer. This is verse 9. Let me just point out some very important words in this phrase to, get us, to help us understand the person of prayer. We'll start with the word Father, because this is a game changer. This word changes how we approach God. This word affects how we think about God and how we pray. So let me just get this out of the way before we go any further, because this is, this is kind of a big deal. Let me get this out of the way. I know that not everyone in this room watching this broadcast that you know, I know that not everyone has a good father. I get that. And because of that, that makes this part of this prayer a big stumbling block for a lot of people. 
big roadblock for a lot of people. Now, I want to be honest, but gentle here. So work with me for a second. If you had a dad, a father, who was abusive or, or absent or he abandoned you and the rest of your family, or maybe you had a father who had a habit of insulting you or was always distant from you or emotionally detached, or maybe you never knew your father, or in some way, other way your father was disappointing, all of that, all of that that you carry with you when we think of the word father can make it very, very tricky to even get out of the gate in this thing called prayer. Talking about this image of God as father, because our image of father for a lot of people is so attached to these images that we grew up with that have left us scarred and with lots of baggage. And let's just, let me just say it. You can get stuck right here before you ever get past the our father part in this thing of prayer. Well, here's what I hope happens. And, and I hope this for a lot of reasons. If that's you, if, if that's you with an image of father is a negative image in your mind, I hope for a lot of reasons that you can move past that. I hope you let your crummy, small, disappointing idea of a human father stop shaping your concept of who God is. And instead, let your amazing, loving, kind, fair, patient, good, heavenly father reshape your understanding of what an earthly father is supposed to look like. And let me just, let me just press the pause button for a second. I, I need to talk to just the dads in the room for a minute. Everybody else, you, get, you can tune out for the next 90 seconds. I just need to talk to dads for a second. Dads, please understand that you shape, you shape the understanding of God that your kids will have. There will be, dad, dads, there will be a direct connection between the way your kid thinks about you and the way they think about God. That should scare you to death, Dad. That should terrify you. That is huge responsibility, Dad. That is an amazing responsibility. But Dad, listen to me. Dads, all the dads that are listening to me, you can do this. You can do this. You have it in you. Get it done. Let your kids know what God is like by what you are like. All right, everybody else tune back in. All right, uh, in, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus says, do, do you, you want to know what God, God is like? Do you want to know who God's like? Let me, let me tell you what God's like. And in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells a story. It's my favorite story Jesus tells. He tells a story. Jesus says, imagine this. There's this arrogant little jerk of a kid and one day this jerk of a kid, this young man, this son, comes up to his dad and says, Dad, I can't take it here anymore. I can't stand it here. I don't want to live by your rules. I don't live on your property anymore. Give me my money. And he takes his whole inheritance before dad's even dead, empties dad's ba bank account out so that this kid can go off and waste everything. He wastes his money. He wastes his own life. He wastes his dad's reputation and squanders everything. And he does. He leads a terrible life. Eventually, he hits rock bottom. 
he everything turns out wrong he's stuck he's in a horrible place he thinks over now what am i going to do now what am i going to do i got no place to go there's nothing i could go home oh no i could never go home dad would never take me back after what i've done to him after how i've humiliated him after i have how i've insulted him he would never take me back after i've disgraced disgraced him like that maybe maybe if i just went back and worked my tail off maybe he'd at least give me a place to stay He'd never forgive me, but maybe he'd at least give me, let me try to earn my keep. And so the kid shuffles back home like a, with a tail between his legs, like a scalded dog. And what he finds to his surprise, Jesus says, what he finds is the father waiting for him. There on the porch, like he's probably been every day since this kid's been away from home. Looking down the road looking, hoping, praying that maybe today is the day his boy comes home. And then he sees him. Way down the lane, he sees him. Just a little speck at first. That's him. He recognizes him by the way he walks before he can even see his face. And so the dad hikes up his robe and runs down the lane to greet his son. Very uncharacteristic, very improper for a patriarchal, dignified male figure in that culture. But this father doesn't care about dignity. He doesn't care about pretense. All he cares about is his boy came home. His boy's coming home, and he runs, and he runs, and he runs to see his boy, to welcome him home. And he runs out to meet him, and he hugs him, and he kisses him, and and he cleans him up, and he throws a big party because he's so happy. He's so glad that his kid, his boy, his son, his child has returned home. And Jesus says, look at that picture. Get that picture in your head. That is your father. That's your God. That's the God that when we have strayed and when we have disgraced God and when we have let God down and when we have embarrassed God and we come back, Jesus says that's the image that God is running to us with his arms open wide to welcome us back home. That's the Father we have. And when we pray, however we're feeling, sheepish, guilty, dirty, unworthy, tired, whatever. We turn our heart toward home. You humble yourself and you come and you find a welcome from the Father who says, I'm so glad you're home. I'm so glad you came. Let me me clean you up. You don't have to do it. Let me clean you up. And he embraces you. And he kisses your face. Do you feel like that when you pray? Jesus says that's the first thing you pray to your Father. One of the things that kind of gets in the way of us having this this deeper connection, this deeper access and, and adventure with God is that we always feel like we're God's enemy. That we're on the other side of the fence from God. That we're the enemy. Like, like, like God is perpetually upset with us. And listen, it's true that we disappoint God. And it's true that his anger towards sin is very real. That's why Jesus, or Jesus went to the cross. That's why God sent Jesus to the cross, who absorbed our pain, who covered our sin, and now takes your hand and escorts us, Jesus does, escorts us right straight into the Father and says, Father, she's with me. He's with me. Why does God do that? after we deny him and disappoint him and disobey him and disown him, why does he do that? 
because he loves us. First John says, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his, say that word out loud with me, children, not enemy, children. And that is what we are. That's what we are. That's what we really are. And the real you needs to have a real conversation with the real father that's how prayer begins when you think about this it changes how you pray it also changes how you live you can't approach god with confidence because of jesus just like that when you understand you are god's child it changes everything about your life and certainly about your relationship with god it changes how you pray you have access and intimacy to power I'm going to show you a picture here. This is, this is one of the most uh, famous photographs of a president ever. You've seen this picture many, many times. It's in your, probably your history books and Life magazine and all the things. Um, the, the, the president there, of course, most of you know, that's John F. Kennedy. Um, the president, the most powerful man in the world. If you need an appointment with the president, you don't just waltz into the Oval Office and say, hey, Jack, what's up? Thought I'd stop by. You, you don't do that with the president, right? Only a select few people are given access to the president. You have to set an appointment. You've got to be cleared through a whole bunch of people. Security is going to check you out. The staff is going to vet you. They're going to do background checks. They're going to look at your Facebook, all that kind of stuff, before you can go in to see the president. And if you're a big shot, you know, you're some big shot senator or cabinet member or something like that, you might... You might get an audience with the president, and when they do, they're going to run you through the metal detectors and check all your credentials and make you empty out your pockets one more time, and then they'll tell you, all right, you got 10 minutes. Go. you got 10 minutes. Go. Unless, of course, <laughs> unless, of course, the president is your dad. Did you, you remember the picture? Did you see who's under the desk? That's John John. That's JFK's little boy under the desk. That's the president's son. When the president is your dad, you have access. You get to go into the room. When we pray, Jesus wants us to know we have access like that to the most powerful, amazing God of all. That's that, that, that you, you can go right in. He's your father. That's the first phrase we need to pay, pay attention to his father. Here, here's the next thing I need you to notice in this first phrase of this prayer. Our father in heaven He's a heavenly father. We just sang just a minute ago, high king of heaven. He's in heaven. What does that mean? Notice, notice the first two words, our father. It kind of brings it down to us, doesn't it? Our father, he's with us. It makes it intimate. It makes us close. These next two words, in heaven, kind of takes it right back out, doesn't it? Kind of broadens our perspective a little bit. It reminds us that God is not just our daddy who is intimate, but that he's the great God of the universe. He's the cosmic creator. So when you pray, Jesus says, lift your eyes up beyond the pain of the present and the moment and the stuff of earth and let your eyes be filled with this huge vision of a cosmic creator, of the God who is the God of the whole universe. That's who we pray to, our Father who is in heaven. It's bigger than our little selves. It's bigger than our little town. It's bigger than our little world. It's bigger. And sometimes when your heart is breaking, and sometimes when your world is crumbling around you and your mind is spinning, you need a vision of a God who is bigger than what we are set in. Hebrews 12, 2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. We don't stare at the problem. 
we fix our eyes on Jesus. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on things, say the word with me, above, right? Set our mind on things above, not on earthly things. Don't get trapped down here. Let this prayer lift you up out of it. When we pray, we remember our cosmic perspective because that's a game changer. He's cosmic. He knows the number of the stars in the sky, but he's our daddy. He knows the number of hairs on our head. And when you pray, our Father in heaven, both of those things are tied together. Our daddy above, they're tied together. Here's the next phrase, the next word in this phrase I need you to, to pay attention to today. It's the word our. Our. This is a reminder that we are in this thing together. This is not a solo act. This is not a you, not a me, not a my, not an I prayer. This is a you-we-us-together prayer. This is, I've used this phrase before, I love this because I grew up in the South. This is an all-y'all kind of thing. This is all-y'all, all of it. Our bread, think about the words in the prayer. Our bread, our sins, our problems, our needs, our Father. It's a reminder that we are in this together. You come to God privately, but you never come to God alone. Our Father, it's a communal faith. We do this thing of following Jesus together because we need each other. You are not meant to walk with Jesus alone. You really aren't alone ever, which is a good reminder for me just to put in a little plug for some of you, some of you who need to get off the bench and come out of hiding. If you've been kind of at church here at Faith Christian for a while, you, you've been doing your relationship with God, just personal time, me and my father, it's time maybe, it's time maybe for you to connect with some other people. And listen, we welcome you. Be anonymous as long as you need to be, but at some point, just know that when you put your hand in Jesus' hand, Jesus is going to lead you and put you in the hand of some other Christ followers so that you can walk after Jesus with a group of people, not on your own. That you can be a part of something that's bigger than you. It's time for some of you to make this your church, not just the church you go to. If you want to be deeply connected to the Lord, you've got to be deeply connected to some people who are also following the Lord. That's the way that Jesus arranged it. There's no such thing as Lone Ranger Christians in the Bible. No such thing as solo believers. It's a team sport. Maybe it's time for you to join the church, become a part of what's going on, come out of the woodwork, make this your church, not just the church you go to. Our Father our Father reminds us that the cross has two beams. The Father part, which reminds us of the vertical beam that connects us to God, the up and down part, that's where I connect to the Lord. But there's another beam there as well, isn't there? The our part. It's horizontal. It's a reminder that we're on level ground when we come to God in prayer. It's a reminder that we're in this thing together. There are no class distinctions when you pray. There's nobody who's more important than anybody else when you pray. We're all the same. No status symbols. We're all just his children when we pray. The word our, well, the word our draws a circle, doesn't it? And a lot, of, a lot of church people, a lot of people who claim to follow Jesus, when we draw our hour circle, we draw a little circle just around me and myself and I. Hour. We use a lot, of, a lot of us use the word, we really mean ours, not yours, ours. Ours. Our clique, our tribe, our people, our church, our father, not yours. 
because the circle is small, but Jesus didn't look at it that way. Jesus didn't say, pray our Father as if somehow we possessed him, like, like we possess truth, and we're going to announce who knows who, we, we know who's right and who's wrong about everything. Jesus, for Jesus, when Jesus is our, he draws a big circle, a huge circle. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son circle, that whoever, whoever, the whole earth, the whole world, that's how big the circle is that Jesus draws. Anyone who trusts in Christ can be drawn into that circle and say, he's my father too. He's our father. Our does away with separation. Our does away with segregation. Our does away with all the world's categories of prejudice and race and division. Our father says, it's not my father. It's not your father. He's our father. And whatever your story, wherever you've been, if God is your father, I'm your brother. You're my sister. If God is our father, and when we come to pray to, to prayer, I remember that as we begin this prayer, our father in heaven. Which, again, let me hit the pause button for a second. Got a little homework for you. If you were here last week, I gave you a little homework to carve out a little bit of time and, and just start praying. Well, this week I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer, very specifically this week, all week long, between now and next Sunday, you come back. I want you to pray this prayer every day. It's an hour prayer. It's a communal prayer. I want us all to pray the same prayer this week. And it's simply that same prayer that I've been, I've been praying for this congregation for two years. That God, would you teach us how to love better? God, would you teach us, not just me, but us as a family, as a church, as a body, as a movement of people. Would you teach us how to love better? Will you pray that prayer with me this week? Let's just see what happens. I bet God will surprise us with opportunities to guess what? love better let's pray that this week that's your homework pray with me this week god teach us to love better uh, one more word in this phrase i need to pay attention to before we go it is the word holy holy maybe you grew up with with the word hallowed be thy name when you're learning this lord's prayer holy is your name holy is just a word that means special it's a word that means set apart super set apart not common not down here in the dirt with the rest of the world, but separate and not ordinary. And God is beautiful, and God is to be honored. This is a reminder that when we approach him in, a way, in that way, we honor his name. There are two things that are happening when we pray, God, your name is holy. God, hallowed be your name. There's two things that happen when we pray this prayer. The first is this, is that I'm recognizing, God, you're special. You're different. You're holy. And the second thing is this, God, I recognize that you are calling me to be different, to be special, to be holy too, to be somehow different than the rest of the world, that something will be unique, that something will be special about me because of my commitment to you, the holy God. God, help me to live as a person who honors you by the way that I live. God, have your way with me. Help me to live in a way that I'll become the person you want me to be. And every time we pray this, God, holy is your name. Our Father, holy, hallowed is your name. We, this is what we're doing. We're asking the holy God to have his way with us. A good substitute for the word holy could be honored. God, we want to honor you with our lives we honor you for who you are for what you've done now we honor you with our lives as i give you my life so we pray these words god holy is your name what god wants is for us to honor him not just on sunday when we come to church but every day it's how we live god you are holy so i'm going to do my best to live that way too god help me 
I'm going to love people that I wouldn't otherwise love. God, help me because I'm going to forgive people that I don't want to forgive. God, help me. I'm I'm not going to cheat on my wife. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to act like a jerk. Even though I want to, I'm not going to do it. God, help me. I'm not going to act selfish or mean. God, help me. I'm going to show compassion. I'm going to serve people. God, help me. I'm going to give up my time. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be generous. And why am I going to do all that? Because God says, you be holy just as I am holy. Our Father, holy is your name. You be different just as I am different. You honor me with your life. Let me say it like this. His identity shapes our identity. Who he is shapes who I am. His identity shapes our identity. And when we pray, our Father, we say, you're my daddy, yet you are the cosmic creator. And I, with all of my brothers and sisters, we come to you now and we want to honor your name and we want to ask you to help us live in some way that honors you. You see, if you will let it, prayer can change you as we let God change us to who he wants to be, shaping our identity because of his identity. Let me pray for you. Our communion team will go ahead and take their places. So Father, we come to you because you are holy and you are ours. You are our Father in heaven, the cosmic creator and our daddy. And so we come to you now, Father, as your children, humbly before you, offering ourselves as a living sacrifice that you may do with us what you will so that our lives will reflect to the world around us that we serve a holy God who is our Father. So shape us, mold our identity by your identity. Would we be holy? just as you were holy, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.